welcome to Marriage in the Middle. I'm Ricardo. And I'm Tiffany. And we are grateful that you decided to hang out with us today. This is a place to encourage and unite our marriages in the highs and lows of the adventure. Cheers. Cheers. Hope you all got your tea. Because you know, we always drinking tea around here, right? Mostly. Most of the time. So tonight we are actually going to be talking about um, love because it is the month of love, right? Okay, we're going to try this. Dun, dun, dun. Hopefully you guys know what dance move this is. Dun, 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 dun. I can't see it. <laughs> Our necks are a little too messed up. How's the beat go? I forgot. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't <laughs> What is love? Okay, that's Bows. That's our song. That's our song at the club. We dance to regularly. Night at the Roxbury, you know. And uh, yeah, so we want to talk (laughs) talk about what is love tonight because it's one of those words that is thrown out all the time. I think we tend to say, you know, I love tacos. To I love my child. (laughs) I love my spouse. To I love this place. What? I love you too. I love you too, babe. And and it's February, so we thought that we would jump in to just talk about love. So maybe you felt a little sad about it. Maybe it's been a good month for you. Yeah, maybe another thing to realize is that love is commercialized. I mean, it's buy the chocolates, buy the flowers, buy take the person to this place. And if you don't have this person, there's something wrong with you too. So there's a lot of, I think, these meanings we attach to the word love that aren't the best, unfortunately. So we wanted to just talk a little bit about what, uh, what the Bible says about love. Um, what the Greeks actually, what the Greeks used, what words they used for the word love. They actually had four different words for the word love that we uh, translate. So it's kind of cool to be able to check that out, too. You'll get to see... And some of you may have heard of it, but kind of what spawned it was we were watching the Super Bowl, right? And mm-hmm. we saw um, there was a New York Life commercial. I don't know if you remember this commercial. Kind of random. It stuck out to us. It talked about these four loves. And I thought they did a great job. They showed some like snippets of family and just different scenarios where it, it defined that love word in the Greek. So, yeah. And so, like, when I do my Inspire Gatherings, one of my sessions is all focused on love because it is so misconstrued. So... Um, we talk about uh, what it is from a biblical perspective. So we thought since it's February and that commercial was so sweet that we'd yeah. <laughs> talk about it, we keep um, it this going. month. Yes. Cool. So yeah, we're going to, without further ado, thanks for joining us. I see Lisa, you're here. Thanks for joining us. And the rest of you, where are you? So I don't know. I'm joking. Tiffany's <laughs> like giving me the nod. Excited to be here. So the love, four words for love. So I'll start off with the first one. So the, there's a Greek word, philio. Philio, like, and it actually is the name, the city of Philadelphia is actually named after that Greek word. I don't know if you know that, fun fact. And it's companionable love. It's the love that speaks of affection, fondness, or liking. It's like a, a respondence to kindness, appreciation, or love. It involves giving as well as receiving but when it is greatly strained, it can collapse in a crisis. So it's it's a it's a filio type of love. Some people call it a brotherly love, mm. like um, that you would love a friend. 
But as we know, sometimes that kind of a love can shift and change Mm -hmm. through crisis moments. Yeah. And in the Bible, like this specific um, is used like in the verses when um, in John 11, uh, when he talked, when Jesus, it says Jesus wept um, when Lazarus had Lazarus died. um, They use the word filio for love um, there. Mm -hmm. He filioed Lazarus. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds funny when you say it. Yeah. So, yeah. How about you read the next one? I'll look over the next one there. Yeah. And so the next one is storge. So this is like a natural affection, a natural obligation. It's really like a movement towards like a husband and wife, um, like a, your child or your dog. Um, and so we just see that it's more of like a, um, what is the word? Like, not the, like deafness of the filio necessarily. Um, the in-depth, yeah. I think, yeah, I think what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. And it's, storge is, it's a nat- it's kind of a natural love that is there, built in. Yeah. And then there's eros. I get maybe you guys could guess what that one is. It's uh, erotic. Something, that's where that word erotic comes from. And again, if I say that word, it's kind of like, whoa, you know, erotic, wow, you know. But eros is a love of passion. An overmastering passion that seizes and absorbs itself into the mind. It is a love that has an emotional involvement based on body chemistry. The basic idea of this love is self-satisfaction. Though Eros is directed towards another, it actually has self in mind. For example, I love you because you make me happy. The foundation of this type of love is a characteristic in the other person which pleases you. If the characteristic would cease to exist, the reason for the love would be gone. The resulting being, I don't love you anymore... Eros looks for what it can receive. So it's kind of a, it's a mix kind of. So Eros love is that erotic love. If you think about it brain chemistry wise, I think what the Greeks were trying to explain was very accurate. It's just like that dopamine, which gives a shot to the, to that pleasure center in your brain. When you first start dating someone or like, and you just can't stop talking to them and you're on the phone constantly. It's all those chemicals and those endorphins but those obviously go away over time in a long-term relationship. And I think that's one of the reasons many people jump out of relationships so quickly and marriages so quickly because of this Eros love is just, it's, it's, it's only what you receive. So once that person stops giving you whatever you're asking for, it ends. And this like word isn't actually like found in the Bible, but there are like examples um, that are in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you don't really see the Greek word eros too often in scripture, but it is a Greek word that I think explains love well and how our culture views love. Cause again, it is like that. If you see the commercials, you don't have to look too far. That's the, that's what our society looks to is eros love that. What can I get from you to please me kind of love? All right. And the last love I'll have you read. So we've talked about, so for some of you who are joining, we're, we're talking about the four loves, the Greek words for love that we find in scripture or alluded to in scripture. So we talked about philio, we talked about storge, and uh, we just talked about eros. Now we're going to go into the famous agape. This is us butchering the Greek pretty much. <laughs> I know. We're not I'm too so good bad at Greek words. <laughs> um, and so uh, the noblest word um, for love in the Greek is agape. 
And this is like not kindled by worth or merit, but it really originates from God's own nature. And so this is um, delight in giving. This love keeps on loving even when the loved one is unresponsive, unlovable, unworthy, doesn't deserve it. Um, it's this unconditional love. And it desires the good of the one loved. And it has a compassion, um, a passion for the well-being of others. Mm -hmm. And so this is really like the heart of God, um, how he continually pursues us mm -hmm. and continually loves us even when we don't deserve it, when we are totally, you know, not following him um, or anything like that. Um, it's just that const mm -hmm. continual love that we don't deserve. Um, and so that is like the example, like God is love. And first John 4, 8, that is uh, the word agape just that unconditional love mm -hmm. and i love um if you have like the jesus storybook bible uh sally lloyd she always talks about uh, this never stopping never giving up always and forever kind of love and mm -hmm. i just love that like really simplistic definition of love because it's never stopping never giving up because mm -hmm. love can be so misconstrued and um we all have different definitions of what love looks like but I think when we look at really what the heart of God is, I mean, that is like the definition of love, that unconditional, always mm -hmm. giving and mm -hmm. giving and giving, even when someone doesn't deserve it. Um, that is love. And so that is what um, we want to highlight in our marriages, in our families, um, and just in our relationships in general, mm -hmm. because we aren't always lovable, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's people around us who aren't lovable and they don't deserve it. Um, but there's usually reasons why people are unlovable. Mm -hmm. And I think when we see past that and we have compassion for them, then we're able to um, love well in those situations, even when it's hard and um, we're not in it for ourselves. Because a lot of times even love can be like manipulating and you're like, people are like, why do you love me? What do you want from mm -hmm. me? Um, I've had people say that to me. Like, why are you so nice to me? Like, what do you, mm -hmm. like, that, like it's some sort of manipulation? Like, no, I just want the best. <laughs> you mm -hmm. um yeah it's that reminder of what god's love is is supposed to be portrayed i've said this before and i'll say this forever that marriage is a reflection and scripture talks about that so it's not something i made up paul talks about it in ephesians that marriage is a reflection of uh, christ and his church and the body and how he gave everything up for his body for the, for the church for us and that we are, when you marry someone, you are a reflection of that. That you are continually laying yourself down for someone. And you're continually giving your all of yourself for someone, even when they don't deserve it. That's, exact, that's exactly the gospel, right? None of us, it talks about in scripture, deserved his grace. And still he died for us willingly. And so during this, now we're going to move into Lent season. And I, th I think that's something we would like to talk about, what Lent looks like in your marriage and your relationships, and next time we come back on. But really focus in on how you take, take away today, and we're going to share one more takeaway. But I think the biggest takeaway is this agape love piece of loving despite the fact someone is hurt. maybe... And I, don't, I, don't wanna, I also don't want to make an excuse for like if someone's stuck in abuse or like a, a hurtful situation, like, yes, you need to leave those situations sometimes. Yeah. But it's more like a if someone is not b being the kindest and not loving you back or not giving you what you deserve, feel you deserve or need at that moment, you're still called to love that person. 
And through that, the Holy Spirit will work in that. I, I truly believe that because you're living out agape love. This love that's uh, that commercial, which I again, I'll make, bring up. It said it defined agape love as love in action. I love that love in action. And it kind of ties to what happened this morning. We read a devotional with our family every morning. And if you want a good kid devotional, I recommend this one. Um, it's a, uh, it's called indescribable a hundred devotions about God and science before you're like, Oh wait, science and God. Ah, no, like, well, I think science, first of all, is us discovering God's world and being wondered, being wondered by it because he created it. But this book is really cool. It uh, talks about different scientific things and connects it to scripture. And it said in this this morning, it said, it quoted from 1 John 3.18, Our love should not only be in words and talk. Our love must be true love. And we should show that love by what we do. Very clear in scripture. The call is action. So may you do action, be in action in your marriage and your relationships and living out this agape love this week and this, this month. And realize that this Eros love that the world really kind of portrays, this filio Eros kind of like, I get what you give and I'll put in what I could get back kind of love is not the way God intended it to be. So I don't know, did you want to share? Can you grab the Bible right there for me? So can you open it up to 1 Corinthians? I haven't read this. 13. Oh, you already have it. I do. Wow. We are prepared. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. So something we, um, we've we done, and I forget where we heard this from. Where would you hear this about from? It was from Chris. A friend of ours, mm -hmm. Chris Gist. So I don't know if you're online right now, Chris. We thank you for this. <laughs> and you probably got it from somewhere else too. But um, we got this from a great uh, teacher. A friend of ours but the challenge is this so you open up first corinthians 13 uh, 4 through 7 it's the famous love chapter you see this sometimes just randomly on walls in lots of houses and, and in weddings and weddings almost every wedding it's quoted and it was it, in our wedding it was in our wedding and the context wasn't a wedding though it's funny because paul was really writing mm -hmm. about like he was talking about giftedness in the church and how it's supposed to be utilized. It was nothing to do with maybe even relationships necessarily. But it's still cool to take 1 Corinthians 13, 4, and 7 and do something. I wonder if, because he's calling all of us as believers to this. Paul says, this is, this is what love is. He says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. So the challenge is to do this. I'm starting it. Is to actually take your name. And I'm not trying to say add your name to scripture or anything like this. This is just, a, it's a practice because it's a way to humble yourself and also realize how you're doing. Um, and when you read it, it all, usually sometimes you feel like, man, I'm not that way. And that's okay. That's God revealing in you what you need to work on. And so don't take it as like, oh, I can't read this, but take this as, oh, I've been called to do this. So for example, Ricardo is patient and kind. I almost feel like I want to laugh when I say that right now because I had some moments even today where I wasn't too patient. But it's wonderful because now I could just by saying that, I'm like, okay, I need to work on this a little bit. I need to change. I need repentance in this area. Um, and then you would say, Ricardo does not envy or boast. Or you could say the next one just for fun. Go ahead. So 
<laughs> Tiffany is not arrogant or rude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ricardo does not insist on his own way. Tiffany is not irritable or resentful. Ricardo does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Tiffany bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So you see, and if you're jumping in now, you're like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> hey, thanks for joining. Um, we're just taking a, a portion of scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, and we're adding, um, the, the word is love there in the original scripture. Love is patient and kind. And instead of that, we're trying to see how we match up to that. Are we being patient and kind? So you would take, you would read that portion of scripture and you would see if you're living that action out by putting your name in it while reading it back to yourself or with, with your, in your relationship or with another couple, or sorry, with another family member, wherever you're at in your life. Yeah. And I really like, um, I think the use of that too is just to be in prayer for that. So just praying like, God, help me be patient and kind. Help me to not envy or boast and being praying for that for your spouse as well. And just praying that into your marriage. Um, and really asking God to work on those areas, um, especially if, you know, if there's anything that is really highlighted that you really need to work on right now. And so I'm using scripture as a tool to pray because it is God's word. And so just the power in that, that you're praying scripture back to him. It's a really powerful mm -hmm. thing as well. Yeah. So I think we're kind of wrapping up tonight about love. So hopefully you learned something along with us. Um, again, the action is that agape love, that love in action, that unrelenting kind of love that you will love that person if you're in a relationship or that if you're in a marriage, that you will love that person without expecting anything in return because that's the way God loves us. He expects nothing in return from us. Just that we would accept his unconditional grace and love and I... And we need to model the same in our relationships instead of looking for things out for ourselves. So easier said than done. We're learning too. I think that's why marriage is a process, right? Yeah. In the middle. Yeah. I think it's accepting that gift, accepting God's love, and then allowing that to change and love others because of that mm -hmm. as you accept it. Yep. That's so yeah, I true. think this week... Um, our challenge is just to love well, love your spouse well. Um, and if there's someone in your life that is hard to love, just really take time to pray for them this week mm -hmm. and pray how you can love them well in whatever capacity that looks like. Because um, it's not easy <laughs> to love people that are hard. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not. But it's possible. It is possible. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know how many we have online right now, but if anyone has any thoughts questions comments we'll stay on for a minute and just talk a little bit maybe you have a wonderful definition for love or you're like what is love still thinking that song it's now it's stuck in your head yeah. all right well you can always post later and we can talk about it later and i hope you all will we'll post again when we come back live it's fun doing this um, it's been, we've learned a lot. It pushes us to just talk about marriage and work on our marriage as well as I hope yours and your um, relationships as well. So, God bless you all.